0: Prayer, Lord, we thank you that we can call upon you at any time and every time. We're glad, Lord, that you don't have an ear that's dull that can't hear us. And Lord, your hands not short that you can't reach us. Thank you, Lord, for the power of an Almighty God that knows me as an individual. We're glad, Lord, you know everybody in the world. You know what everybody's doing all at the same time today, and that blows my little peanut brain. But Lord, one good thing, and I want to say thank you. You know exactly my heart at this present moment, at this present time, regardless of somebody else. You know me, and I thank you, Lord. Now, God, I pray you'd develop and uh, deliver to me what I need to say. Lord, I pray you'd touch the hearts of these people today that you know them individually as well. Lord, that you open their ears of understanding and their minds, God, to comprehend. May the Spirit of God drive homes and truths from the Word. And God, may your name be praised and glorified. We'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now I'll look at this thing in two particular places and two particular things. These may seem irrelevant and may seem like, oh, maybe it don't fit the Scripture. But I want you to look at this today. The Bible said in verse eight, uh, verse one of chapter eighteen, "The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord." Now that's what we need right here in this service. We need some word that comes to us from the Lord. And brother, we're—I've read it to you already. Amen. We've already started on the right uh, notion with it. I'll give you the word. This word did not come from Washington. This word I read to you this morning didn't come from China. This word I read to you didn't come from California. This word I read to you come from the Lord, who's in heaven. And so I pray we listen to Him as He speaks. And He said, uh, saying, and now what happens in verse number one? We find where God uh, has uh, told Jeremiah something and uh, told him to do something. He said, second and second verse, arise, get up, get out of here, get to moving. He put some fire under Jeremiah. Jeremiah, I got a job for you to do. I got something that I want you to accomplish. Arise and go down to the potter's house. What? Potter's house? The potter's house. Well, he said, And there will I cause thee to hear my words. You've got to be at the right place at the right time to hear from God. Amen. That's what he's saying to Jeremiah. Now, I want to point out some things, some characters, This, and then we'll get the application I want to get at. And I believe God's in this. As I said, I got up this morning. God gave me the Scripture yesterday, and I studied on it and studied on it and went in a different direction. I wrote out this little outline and wrote out that little outline, and there's my outline this morning. Amen. And uh, I got up this morning, and all that we throw to the side because I didn't feel comfortable. But God give me something here, and I want you to hear it as well. Never seen it before. Let's look at the characters. Number one, we got God. God speaking. Number two, we got His Word. Amen. Them two go hand in hand. And number three, we got Jeremiah, the prophet. The weeping prophet. Number four, we got the potter's house. Amen. I like to watch them make potter. Pottery. Not potter, but pottery. I like to watch the potter make pottery. Amen. It's amazing to me how they can do that. It's a forming of their hands. Amen. And uh, amen. Ain't you glad that God is the great potter? Amen. Amen. Now the potters, this next place I want us to look at are some things, is the work on the wheels. We want to look at the wheels. We may not get into that today, but there's something there. And then there's the vessel. And then the, the vessel's made out of clay. There's the clay. we want to look at that if we get time. And then we hear the Lord speaking in verse number 6. We hear the house of Israel. Then we see uh, uh, that, that's the people, the Jewish nation. And God's speaking Now, in, in application, I'm going to use this in the application today. In prophecy and in the uh, interpretation of the Scripture, God is talking to the Jewish nation here. Amen. This is Old Testament, so He's speaking to the Jewish nation. He's not particularly speaking to the church, but yet in application we're going to see that He is. But in interpretation, He's speaking to the Jewish nation. And God is working. And by the way, God does not measure time by your watch. Quit looking at it, Dean. Amen. Just wasn't that amazing? He was looking at his watch when I said that. I mean, God don't measure time by a calendar. God don't measure time by a Rolex or a, uh, what is it? Uh, What's the things you turn around? Uh, huh? No, no, I'm talking about got t- dates and have, uh, names on it. Rol- Rolodex, ain't it? Rolodex. Amen. God don't measure time, but in eternity, and God has His ways of measuring time. Yeah. Amen. So keep that in mind what I'm preaching is. Now he said, Jeremiah, I want you to go down to the house. Ha- I want you to go down to the potter's house. Now an application this morning, I'm going to use the potter's house as the house of God. You see where I'm going, don't you? Yeah. All right, now we're going to get into some preaching. God said, Jeremiah, I want you to go down to the Potter's house. He said to you and me in the day of grace to get down to the house of God. Because down at the house of God's where I'm going to speak to you. Down at the house of God's where you're going to hear the word. You know what America's done today? She's thrown to the house of God to the side. When I was a little boy, I remember there wasn't many businesses open, brother. Uh, Burrow, you know this. There wasn't no such thing as stores opening on Sunday. You and my daddy was going to go anywhere on Sunday. He had to get his gas on Saturday, and couldn't go far enough. Amen. Uh, but just one tank of gas to get you there and back. And uh, that wasn't the keeping the Sabbath. We don't keep the Sabbath. We don't worship on Saturday. We worship on Sunday which recognizes the death, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ on the first day of the week. That's why we worship on Sunday. We're celebrating the resurrection. Well, when I was a boy, they didn't do that. They didn't work on Sunday. I mean, it was kind of off limits. Some people did but most people didn't work at all on Sunday. It was a day of leisure. It was a day of rest. It was a time to go to the house of God. And I was raised up uh, going to the house of God when, I, uh, when my daddy finally got saved. And God said, we didn't miss a Sunday. We didn't miss a service. My daddy taught me that you got to go to the house of God. And that was instilled in me. And, and I didn't like it. I was a teenager. And I didn't like it. And after I got married, I decided I was going to change that. And God liked to kill my son and liked to uh, took my wife away from me at an early age. I want to tell you, brother. I learned that Sunday business is, is serious business. And so he said, "I want you to go down to the house of the potter. They're down to Potter's house. When you get down to the house of Potter, the potter, I'm going to tell you something. Now, if you want to know how to raise your kids and run your life, you need to have a service. Every time the doors are open, you need to be there." I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I can tell how spiritual you are by how much you go to the house of God. I'm preaching this today. And I'm not bearing anything. I may make a few of you mad. You can go home and scratch the mad spots. (laughs) You can go home and put some liniment on it. You can go home and rub it and get mad and do whatever you want to do. I I want to preach what the book says. Yeah. The Bible said we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Right. Right. You said, but I just don't see no business in going on all, all services. I just don't have time. I wouldn't speak that out loud. You don't have time for God, huh? Right. Yeah. Six days you're to work. And some of y'all don't like that either because you don't like working on Saturday. <laughs> six days you work, but on the seventh. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? God said we work six days, we, we rest on the seventh. All right. Well, and I'm going to make a statement here I have never made at this church, but you might need to know it. When a preacher goes, well, let me just back up a minute and say this. One church I've pastored, everywhere I've been, I've tried to teach that going to the house of God is very, very important. If you folks worked on a public job and operated just like you do church, you wouldn't have a job before the week is out. If your time to punch in is at 8 o'clock and time to punch out is at 4, they look every day to see you're there at Eight and at four. And if you've got one of them jobs that they'll let you come in at twelve and punch in and never say nothing about it, let me know. I've got some other people who want some jobs like that. Suppose you decide, I don't think I want to go on Tuesday morning at eight. I'm gonna go in at nine. And they ask you, What why ain't you why didn't you come in at eight? Well, I just decided I didn't want to come in today till nine before the days out there probably say I just decided I don't want you to come in at 8 in the morning either. Huh? Getting quiet we'll have a funeral here in a minute. Yeah. we find a body. <laughs> I'm going to preach today. You want me to preach? Amen. You want the truth? Amen. Or you want me to be around the bush? No. no. Alright. Well what's happened is we Somebody says, well, we've had about the same officers in this church for years. Nobody's asked me, but I know you're thinking about How come we don't elect officers down at Bible Way Baptist Church? How come we don't get new officers? I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to be playing as a nose on your foot. You haven't been here Wednesday night to hear what that means. I got tongue tangled wings tonight. He said, "That's just playing nose on your foot, Nose on your face. Remember that? Okay. I'm gonna tell you why. I went to a church, the second church I pastored, and when I went there, I inherited. Every church, every preacher inherits. Like, anything that he's inherited now, I can't say it's inherited because most everybody's done moved out, moved on. Got different congregation. Got a few. Miss Miss Suel sitting back on the back, Miss she has been around here a long time. Since day one. And then Brother Jim decided he was gonna leave on me the other day and went to glory. Thank God he didn't get mad and leave, he just God took him. Yeah. Now listen to me. I went into that church and they had everybody and his brother had a job. Reason they have to give everybody a brother and their brother a job is so they'd make sure they kept coming to the church. They had a bunch of deacons, and one of the deacons was the treasurer. He come to Sunday school on Sunday mornings, and after Sunday school, he left and went home. And after service is over, he'd be sitting in the parking lot, and while I'm shaking hands, he's coming in the door. Matter of fact, most of the time he went in the side door and got the money, put in his pocket, and left. Didn't show back up on Sunday night. Didn't show back up on Wednesday night. His only service was Sunday school. So I said to myself, that ain't going to work. Young man, you better find yourself a place to go, because I'm going to preach you out of this place. That's the only... That's the only I, I just got the Bible. That's all I can do. Preach the truth to him. Right. He kept on doing it. Kept on doing it. A little bit now, as old as I am, he tried that on me. I just looked at him and said, leave that offering alone. You ain't going to touch it no more. Yeah. And we'd elect to the new one right quick. Yeah. I'd like to change officers here. But some of you won't come on a regular basis. And if you're not going to come on a regular basis, I'm not gonna give you a regular job. When you get to where you can handle what you're supposed to handle, we'll give you something else to do. Now the ones that are regular, we got something here like clockwork, you can get, they don't want them jobs. They didn't like him when he was young either. But I'm going to say to you, that's the reason. You said, "Well, I'd like to teach." You. Well, come to Sunday school every time the doors is open. Come to Sunday morning. Come to Sunday night. Come to Wednesday night. How would you like it if I decided one Wednesday night I just didn't want to come? Right. Why, well, if I break my leg and got the right, I break my left leg and got three toes broke on the right side. You expect me to be here? Amen. Now, I wouldn't expect you to be here if you're sick, got a fever and all that. Stay at home. Amen. And I want to say this. We've got some people in here that's older. They can't drive at night. I understand that. They were faithful when they were younger. And now they can't come on night service, especially after they change this stupid time. Understand? Understand? And I understand that. I'm not picking at you. What's going to happen though one of these days when I get to where I can't see how to drive up the road? You'll say, shut your mouth.
1: We'll get ahead of up.
0: It. It's just like to give him an outline or something. He said, we'll come get you. Well, I'm sure there's other people come to get you too if you'd like to become a yacht. Yeah. Well, Amen. Matter of fact, I thought about buying some, some kind of low level vehicle. <laughs> yeah. And uh, make you be the driver. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you ain't never rode on him, maybe. <laughs> well, these old people, I think, would take care of him. Let them come and get them. You understand what I'm saying? Now I'm trying to get this across to you. I want to tell you, and the reason I'm preaching this is I've raised three children. Did I ever teach you to go to church? Did I teach you to go to church? My daughter's here, right? she'd say the same thing. On a drug program. Yeah. yeah, he's on a drug program. I drug him here and I drug him <laughs> there. And it's always the churches. <laughs> yes, sir. I don't have to say anything to them. They're here. Of course, if they didn't come, they'd hear me. I'm still their daddy. I still teach. I talk to So I've got the right to teach you and tell you. What happens when you bring up little ones in the house of God? You've got to raise them to go to the house of God when they're little. And you don't do it this way. All right, let's get ready and go to church now. You know we got to go. If we don't, the preacher's going to get upset. And there's somebody going to call me. Tell you young ones, oh, tell, know you want to. They're not going to go when they get old enough. That's right. You teach them we've got to go to church because we love the church. That's where we, we're going down to the potter's house to hear something. Lord have mercy. I, I didn't know I was going to get bogged down right here. But I'm going to hang on for just a moment or two. Because I believe in verse number one we find the Lord speaking. And we find in verse number two the Lord sent him. He spoke to Jeremiah and now he sent him. And then Jeremiah, you find him in verse number three answering the call. Then I went down to the potter's house and behold he wrought a work on the wheels. He started making pottery. Now I want to tell you something. The house of God's where you're going to hear the truth. The house of God's where you're going to get something you need. Three times a week. Let me just ask this first. How many of you in this church that comes to Sunday school has been, now listen, when I say this, I don't want you lying. I don't want you telling the untruth. I don't want you. If you don't like it, I want you not to raise your hand. But I want you to. I want you to be honest. As, if anybody's been to Sunday school here, has it helped you any? Raise your hand. Amen. Now you weren't lying, were you? No. Then why don't the rest of you come? I tell you a spiritual condition, because I guarantee if you're not going to Sunday school, you're not reading your Bible, and you're not praying. Because if you read your Bible and you pray, you're going to be at the house of God. Say amen, right there. Yeah. I said preacher, I didn't come to get preached to. Like, it. well, I have to do this on Sunday. This is something you to cover on Wednesday night, and Sunday night. If you're not going to be here, then. I hate to take a streamlined front row seat on a Sunday morning and take care of business at the church, but that's what I'm doing today. Now I know some of you, you're going to stick a fork in that chicken at lunch and hope that's the preacher. I'm going to behind me (laughs) when you start forsaking the house of God you're leaving I said in Sunday school I've been teaching this for several weeks And I know I'm repeating myself and it's not because I'm old and senile. It's just because people ain't been listening and it's been going in one ear and out the other and here it is. God loves the lost. God loves the saved. And God loves the church. And if you want to be loved of God, you love the lost, love the saved, and love the church. Amen. That's right. That's it. And if you love God's church like you ought to love it, you'll be there. You love God's church like you are to love it. You know what will happen? I've seen people go to the house of God. All oh, they did it's drug in, drug out. I could tell they didn't want to be there, but they were. They come. Years ago, people missed Sunday school, and I'd get on the phone and call them. Years ago, people missed a service on Sunday morning, and I'd get on the phone and call them. Years ago, they'd miss Sunday night, I'd get on the phone and call them. Years ago, I, they'd get on Wednesday night, I'd get on the phone and call them. Then I realized they only coming because I was calling them. And I finally decided I'm just going to let God deal with them. Lay out of the house of God all you want to. Help yourself. Raise your kids to do that. And then when they're 19 and 20, you'll be calling on the church, Lord, help us all. I want you to pray for my youngin They won't go to church no more. Well, you taught them that. Taught them not to go. Amen. Tough, ain't it? That's what happened. Jeremiah went down to the potter's house and God spoke and He said, Now, I want to tell you what the message is. The message is that Israel is going to be under judgment of God if she don't repent. Now, some folks are all upset about the... Ain't you glad I'm moving on? (laughs) If that didn't go over good, I'll find out. And the way you work, and if it don't, I'm gonna come back, and next time I'm gonna dig deeper on this same subject. We're gonna get them deep potatoes next time. Sometimes you have to dig deeper potatoes. Ain't that right, Brother Burrow? Yeah, there's always little surface taters on top. But sometimes you have sometimes the old biggest get down in there. Uh, we'll go we'll go with Idaho hunting next time. <laughs> I'm going to move to another subject. People are upset about the election. I don't know why we worry about anything like that. I'm trusting God. And I want to say this. The current president that we will have to January the 20th, unless a miracle happens, lose him after that, has been the first president that I've ever lived under in my years that has went into office and done basically everything he said he was going to do except what they wouldn't let him do. The first one I've ever seen like that. I loved uh, Reagan, and I'm not a politician, I loved Reagan. But to me, this man's done more for the country than Reagan did. The only thing that I have hated and despised is that tweeting and cussing. When he went in the first time, I said he's not God's probably he's not God's man, but he's in God's plan. And for four years, I've seen it. One of the first things I seen him do is something that the others would not do. We seen Bush, Obama, maybe Clinton too. I don't know about that, but I. And then he, they all promised, every one of them promised that they would move the embassy to Jerusalem. You said that don't make no sense, preacher. What you preached on that for? God measures time by not a Timex or a Rolex, but He measures time by Israel. Jerusalem is Mount Zion. Yeah, right. And God said that out of Zion would come a deliverer. Yeah, right. God is not working around Tel Aviv. He's working around Jerusalem. Amen. Right. And the president moved that embassy to Jerusalem. Lined it up with the Scriptures. Now, I want to mention this. You just hold on a minute. I'm going to take my time. I want this to creep up on you and sit down on you. When uh, Mr. Biden made his statement sometimes in the last yesterday or the day before or this morning or something, he said something about, it's time now for America to come together in peace. And all the turmoil stopped. And I thought, You and your crowds are when it caused most of it. And I'm not here to argue with that. But the first thing is, He's wanting now to sprinkle a little holy anointing oil on everybody and get us to thinking correctly. Now hold that in your thought. In the last few weeks, there's been peace treaties drawn up from countries. How many has been involved? How many knows what I'm talking about a little bit? All right, Been peace treaties with Israel. Now, I believe we're close to the coming of the Lord because things are lining up according to the Word of God. Amen. And see what's happening. I'm no prophet. I just take what I know from the Scriptures. A prophet does one of two things. A prophet foretells and he foretells. Now, a prophet in the sense of foretelling what's already been told, you can classify me there. But I'm not a prophet that knows anything new. But I'm a preacher of the gospel that can tell you it's lining up. I do know that after the rapture of the church and the church is called out, that this world will go through a little peace process, a false peace, what we call false peace. And everything has to be lining up there. Turn to Revelation. Maybe this is the ointment that God has put on the first part of the message. Maybe God's going to give you a little ointment to go out with. (laughs) A little healing ointment where we open the wounds. In the fifth chapter of the book of Revelation, no, sixth chapter of the book of Revelation. Keep this in mind when you read chapter four and chapter five. Chapter four is a picture of the rapture of the church. And after this I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And a voice said, Come up hither. That's a type of the rapture of the church when the saints of God are going out of here. Dead in Christ are going to rise and we which are alive and remain are going to be called out. That's Bible. Slice it any way you want to. But we get to the sixth chapter. We're starting into the tribulation time. Time of Jacob's trouble when God's going to bring Israel back into check. I talked about this the other day a little. In verse number 1 of chapter 6, it said, And I saw when the Lamb... Who's the Lamb? Jesus Christ. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals that I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, Come and see. Now, this is when the first seal is opened. Verse 2, here's that seal when it's opened. And I saw, and behold, a white horse... White always pictures peace, right? Peace. And I saw him behold a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow. You know what a bow is? You go hunting with a bow. And it said, and a crown was given unto him. But it don't say nothing about no arrows. He don't have no arrows. He's got a bow. That means he's got some authority. Somebody's going to ride out on the scene of time after the church is taken out, and he's going to have some authority. And it's going to be from the political world. And these countries are lining up with Israel for peace. If you were, if you were thinking that the Antichrist is going to take over and stab everybody and take his throne, you got another thing coming. He's going to come in peacefully. When you start trying to take over and take things, you get people to uproar. You get them upset. But when you do it peacefully, they, they go to that peace. So he's going to ride out. One of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw and behold a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow and a crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. And he does it without fighting. Does it without war. The Antichrist is going to start in, but after a period of time, that second seal, about halfway through that seven-year tribulation period, we're going to find verse 3, And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see, and there went out another horse that was red. Red stands for blood. Now, some people think that white horse is Christ because he's white and righteous, but this is not even talking. We're going to find him in the 19th chapter. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace. Now, if he's going to take peace, does mean we had peace? We have peace tonight, today? No. Somewhere in the course of time, in the next little season, right before the coming of the Lord, there's going to be some peace established. Now we got Jerusalem as the headquarters. God's working around Jerusalem now. All right, and it said to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And that was given unto him a great sword. Now he's got a now he's got a, bat, a battle weapon. So I'm trying to tell you today, if we get a new president right now, and it all works out that we got a new president, God has used Mr. Trump. To put in play what he wanted to put in play, and get everything going in his order, so that he can come and deliver me out of this world of sin and sorrow. And if that's the way it goes, I'm I'm encouraged already from the Word of God. That's right. And if it don't, and we continue on what we got, God's grace is going to be sufficient. And he's still going to work some more, and there may be some more things that needs to be done. But I don't know anything has to happen before the rapture takes place. Tell you the truth, if you know something that has to happen, tell me when you come out the door today. But give me some Bible. Don't tell me what you think. Just show me, and I'll preach on it. Amen. Thank you for coming this morning. Does that challenge you any? Now, where'd you find that out? Down at the house of God. Now, if you hadn't to come today, you wouldn't have heard that, would you? There's a lot of people who didn't hear this. You know why? They weren't here. It's simple. I hope every time you miss church, that people tell you about everything they heard. I hope it just stirs you up and gets you to the place where you got to come. Amen.